That's not too loud. Okay. Y'all just let me know. That's too far away. All right, guys. Morning, sir. All right. Let me see if I can set mine. I think we're getting started about right. Uh, take off. Yeah. This is Pastor Mike's the only reason I'm texting, y'all. Okay. Okay, children, settle down. <laughs> Everyone. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Um, we'll start off uh, taking like some prayer requests or whatever. I just now got a text message from Pastor Mike. It says, good morning, praying that the anointing will flow mightily today. Please have the class prayer for Kenny Murdoch. He was hit by a car while riding his motorcycle yesterday. Thumb injury, back and hip injury, no broken bones, just very sore. Uh, also received a report that melanoma is growing on adrenal gland. Oh, okay. Facing more radiation. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 And so, Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shows up, buys the house. All right. All right. Yeah. Pray for you and you. Okay, all right, very good, very good. Uh, I think there's, there's a prayer in my heart that, uh, that God keeps bringing to me that, that he reveals the exact gift 
each one of us in this congregation has yeah. and begin to expound on it yeah. and begin to walk them towards it and yeah. not be afraid to walk to it. Yeah. Amen. And that's that goes right into what I, you know, some of the things that God's put on my heart for this morning. And so family. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's about four for cancer there. And so, yep. All right. So kind of, you know, hit, did you say, anybody else? Good? Okay, well. Um. Mm-hmm. I agree. The, yeah. Right, and I think that what the Lord's given me this morning uh, addresses that question pretty well. Uh, I think Jane's heard it about 27 times this week, and uh, the guy, even the guy that was at the park yesterday, we were over there swinging my daughter and stuff, and so I just, I started on him, you know, I mean, this is a guy, you know, it's it's just got to be a part of you. It's not, it's not that I'm going to... Yeah, that's just what's in me, and and right now I, I'm trying to keep that. I, I think of people like as a bucket, and you're a bucket of whatever you've put in that bucket. It's full, and when somebody bumps that bucket, something's going to come out. So when somebody bumps your bucket, then you want something to come out that that's good, not something that's bad. And uh, I have been endeavoring to... Uh, Keep that bucket full of something good, but, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and that even, I, yeah. I and I might not remember every single little thing I try and, but. Yeah, I probably should have made a list of all of this. Okay. Okay, well, what I can do is I can tell you this, is that uh, I heard of several with cancer and and everything. Cancer is a name, and there is a name that's above every name, and every knee has to bow, and if you can put a name on it, then we can put it under Jesus. And so when the devil puts a name out there for you, you just take a hold of it and say, okay, well, that name's under the name of Jesus. And the word of God says that he's exalted his word even above his name. And that's the only thing that's above that name that I know of. And uh, he watches over his word to perform it. It's just we have a responsibility, and that's what I want to get into, is it's, it's time to, this is no more a defensive game anymore you know it's not we were the church has been playing defense for too long this is an offensive game and if we don't take the ball and run the ball in and and i'm talking about spirits i'm not talking about people okay so we got to get that separation but you're going to have to plow some stuff down and you're going to have to get in there and it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence 
and the violent take it by force, and that's where we're at. And we don't have any more time for pansy Christians. And so it's time to get up, get bold, get out there, and speak the Word of God and watch this stuff work. I'm telling you, the Word of God works. I've been working it for a long time. I told God whenever I started, I got out there, I said, Lord, I believe you're going to take care of me. I believe you're going to meet my needs. That's what your Word says. That's, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to tell it, Lord. I'm going to tell it as it happens, like it is, and I'm, like I live it. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell it as it comes. And if you don't take care of me, I'm going to tell that. And I ain't had anything to tell yet. Nothing, not a thing. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray and we'll get into this because it sounds like we're all kind of flowing in, 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 in the right direction. And I really don't feel like I missed God at all on, on this one this morning. But so, Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is true. The scripture says that you watch over your word to perform it, Lord. I'm totally convinced, Lord, that healing is here. Every time we pray, it's just a matter of receiving it. Anything we need, we, all we have to do is use our faith, reach out, and receive. We're surrounded by your healing, by your word, by everything that you've provided for us. You said not a jot or tittle from the word of God will pass away, and heaven and earth will pass away, but that word's still going to be here. Whether we ever just chose to receive it or not, it is a choice, and Lord... So one of the things that we do is we can use it in an offensive way, and we do that. We speak to cancer, and we say that you are a name, and we put the name of Jesus on your neck, and we cast you out. We speak healing into the bodies of the people that are sick, any broken bones, anything, Lord. We just declare that person whole, well, and we stand on your word, Lord. We just declare people at peace, the families that have lost loved ones, um, in just everything, Lord, just that you meet every need, every need that was mentioned this morning, Lord God. We speak your word over it. We don't try and just use it as a blanket, but we can. We just believe that any need that's out there, that every need that was voiced, Lord, that your spirit fills in the gaps, gives the people the knowledge that they need, and that they are covered by the word of God, Lord. And we just give you thanks and praise that you have uh, already uh, prepared everything and completed everything from the foundation of the world. It's just us reaching out and getting it. So, um, and that is uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, um, uh, man, I'm, I really, I'm always excited to teach this class because the, the people that are come to this class are hungry. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, it's very, if you, you know, you know, the scripture talks about the fivefold ministry. It talks about the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and uh, the apostle. And 
one of the things that I've learned is if you have a gift that God has given you, you can hone that gift and you can develop it and God can teach you how to walk in it. And I learned probably, man, it's been over 20 years ago that God has imparted to me a gift to teach. And, you know, there's a lot of different types of teachers of the word of God. Um, I mean, and I know some of y'all are school teachers and everything. And so uh, what I would say that Lord's shown me about my gift is the Lord put me under several ministers to where I could listen and learn. And uh, there was this one man, I remember his name was Doug Jones. I still remember um, the things he taught me years ago. And he said, as a teacher, what you do is you locate where people are. You know, where are these people in what you're trying to get over to them? And then you locate that, and you do that by the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, uh, and just you can tell if you're paying attention to the gift that's in you. Like when I'm standing up here, I've talked to groups of people where when I go in and I start to speak, it's like taking like a rubber ball and throwing it against the wall and come back hitting you in the head. It's just like there's nothing there. And it's like just, you know, you stay basic and, you know, you, you, whatever the Lord gives you. And you're not calling people any names. So understand what I'm saying. The Lord looks at the word of God as being more precious than rubies more valuable than gold. It is the most valuable thing that he has. The word was, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He values that word. And if it's not appreciated, then he says, just cut it off. Cut it off. And you go and you teach what you can. But there's other places where I go. And when I start to teach... It just, it's like I can feel, Jesus said he could feel the virtue coming out of him when someone laid his hands on, touched the hem of his garment. And when I stand in this spot, I can tell you, it's just like there's a draw. People are, you know, just trying to pull that out of you, and you just have to get in there and flow. And and when I teach this class, I can honestly say I get more excited probably than I've ever been because there's the people you can tell that that are the the maturity levels up here and that you can man you're going to learn I'm going to learn things I learned things teaching this class because I've had the Holy Spirit just things come up in me that I knew was right but I couldn't find the scripture for it and it just comes out (laughs) and so uh anyways you know I'm trying to do my best to live this word and just what you get here right here me standing here is the same thing you're going to get in the park or wherever I'm at, man, because, uh, you know, the world can spot a fake pretty good. And uh, I want to be that person that brings the word and, and lives it. And, you know, I live with, obviously, my wife. She can, every behind every man of faith, there's a woman rolling her eyes. So <laughs> just know, you know, <laughs> she knows my flaws. She knows everything. But, you know, she also knows that, yeah, yeah, she still loves me. She still loves me. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I am blessed, very blessed. Ain't looking for another one, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so, well, so some of the things that we were talking about this morning and Dolores was saying and everything is I, I printed these things out last night. And have y'all ever seen that one? The, the frog that's in the stork's mouth. And he's got, the, the, the stork has got his head, he's swallowing it, but he's got, the little frog's got his little hands around the stork's neck, and it says, never give up. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so um, have y'all felt like that recently? I know I have, you know, that's the, that's the battle that's been out there. And so, uh, you know, we just, we're not those that give up. And then, you know, Pastor Andrew preached last week, and she talked about, um, the guy, I, I went home and l- tried to look it up. I couldn't find the exact man she was talking about. But she talked about a guy in Kilgore that went to drill an oil well. And the guy spent every penny he had because he just had something in him telling him, there's oil down here. There's oil there. And he kept drilling and drilling and drilling, spent all his money, and finally gave up. And then Somebody came in, and they once they tapped that oil, they were set, he was 17 feet shy from hitting that, what we know as Exxon today. And, you know, that could have been him. And so I printed this other one out. I don't know if y'all could see that, but this little guy at the bottom working, and he's got this little, he's been ch- chipping away at that cave or whatever he's got until there's just a little small layer there, one more whack, and it's a diamond mine. And so I want to encourage y'all, This is more, a lot of this is just an exhortation about what we are living in today and uh, just an encouragement, and hopefully that will bring some, some, you know, some wisdom. That's right. Don't grow weary in well-doing. That's right. Yes. Yes. There was a picture that I think that the Lord has given me of just some, I think this word, is, it's, a, it's a, like a word of knowledge. Sort of, it's just a word, a general word, a picture. And anybody, it's, you can receive from it, if you if you'll understand what I'm saying, but the Lord showed me there was a woman and she's like standing in front of her kitchen sink right here, and she's looking out the window, and the grass in her whatever you want to call it backyard is, and I knew it was the Lord because I've never heard anybody say anything like this, and the grass was like this tall. And I could tell when I saw the image that for whatever reason and whatever, I don't know what you can relate in your own life as to being the grass, but she wanted nothing more than to have that grass mowed. She just wanted the grass mowed and it's this high. And she had a neighbor and this guy, you know, he's telling her for months, you know, hey, we're going to get that mowed. We're going to get that mowed. And, and you know, she's like, I haven't seen him, and she's just starting to get down and get down and get down. But what she doesn't see is the the guy that's cutting the grass has this huge tractor, and he's all been all he started all the way at the end of the field and was mowing 
backward like this, coming towards the house. And he's mowing and mowing and mowing, and she's standing and standing and standing and believing and believing and believing. And then within 30 seconds, this tractor goes right by the window. And she can see all the way across the field because it's all gone. She just didn't see it with her eyes, but it was the whole time, the whole time, never stopped, never stopped. And so um, what I want to talk to you, I'll talk to you about a couple things. And, uh, you know, I always believe that, especially this day and time, if we're talking about the Word of God, really, you know, it's great to hear the Word of God preached, but you need to have, I need to have, I don't know about you, I like to hear some, some, some examples of how it's applied and, and how it comes about and what happened. Because really, us preaching the gospel just needs, really, what you need to be doing is just being out there and living. Living what the word says, and then you got plenty of stories to tell, you know, because, because you're just living it. And, and I love the word, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I mess up, man, you can ask her. But I'll tell you what, and I live by this, I've got it written in almost every, I've got it written in several Bibles. I have... I, Babe Ruth is I, he's the, a baseball player and he held the home run record in 1923 but what a lot of other people don't know about him is he held the strikeout record at the same time because every time the ball came down the pipe man he would swing so hard he would fall in the dirt and they were like there was a guy that interviewed him from my understanding he said babe you need to lighten up on that swing a little bit and he said man don't pity me you pity that pitcher. He knows it's coming, and it only takes one. And, you know, that was his attitude. And there he had – I looked up a statistic, and I know I talked about this before, but I looked up a stat that he had so many career walks that it was like two out of three times that he went to the plate. They wouldn't even pitch the ball to him. They were afraid of him because they knew if they put it right over the plate, he would – there it goes – and, you know, he proved it and time and time and time again. And, and, and so he was an intimidation to the other team. And it's not that we're trying to intimidate people, but you want the devil to be sitting back looking at you going, you know, he's looking at his, his uh, boss devil and going, please don't send me back in there again, man. Come on, man. Really? I've been in there ten times, man, and he's beat the daylights out of me every single time. And, you know, and so that's how we've got to be. We love people, but the spirit that's driving some of the ridiculous stuff that we were talking about, you know, in the park yesterday, uh, kids thinking they're cats and stuff. I mean, come, give me a break, man. You know, if you, if you can't tell you're a human being, then, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's a lot of stuff we can talk about, but what, yeah, um, what I want to talk about is like... Uh, Peter and John, they were out preaching in the name of Jesus. The man got healed after, afterwards. And the authorities, or the Sadducees, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see, you know. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they came to him and they said, you guys, basically what, they, what the conversation, if you read it, they're like, 
we got to tell these guys that they can't preach in that name. And because all the people are watching, if they do it again, we're going to have to tell them again. Don't do that. You know, and they were kind of sheepish about, they were like, you're going to, you got to quit preaching in the name of Jesus. They even detained them in jail for a little while. And so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not looking, I don't want to go to jail neither, but, you know, I got, I had a life before Jesus. It wouldn't be the first time. So, you know, <laughs> or the second time or the third time, but that was a long time ago, you know, I mean, so, or the fourth or the fifth, but that's beside the point. That was pre-Jesus days, um, a long time ago. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I, what I do, you put me in there now, I'm going to just preach to everybody that's in there. You know, and so, it's, and so, so, yeah, yeah, we do. And I, that's one of the things that I enjoy. I'll tell you, I was talking to you yesterday at the park. I want to hear one of the saddest things I've ever heard was I went into TDC prison with a, a group, and uh, they just opened the cell and let you in and come back in an hour and get you. And so, you know, we just went in and sat down at the table with them and started talking. And this man was there, and he said, well, he said, uh, I'm part of the Church of Satan. And I said, okay, well, you know, and I started talking to him about the Lord. And he said, well, I want to tell you something. He said, I know that Jesus is alive. And I know that Jesus is real. And I know that Satan is real. And he said, but what I'll tell you is when you're in here, he said, the people that are at the Church of Satan are so much more pleasant and welcoming than the church of Jesus. That is a huge indictment on the body of Christ. And it tells you where some of that's at. Now, of course, that's not everywhere you go and everything. And uh, people live lives, lifestyles that you don't agree with and stuff. You always love the person. You always love the person. I was telling, so yeah, I've got a friend of mine that I was on the ambulance. I was paramedic for years, you know, and, and um, still am, but we were on an ambulance, and he's a homosexual, and him and I are still to this day very good friends, and we can, we respect each other, we love each other, and um, we have a, a good friendship, actually, and talked to him just the other day, he's, I think he's going to come on, you know, come over, we're going to grill out and do some things, but um, we have just a tremendous respect for each other. I can We've sat down together, and I've told him, I said, well, you know, man, uh, you know, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I think it's sin, and, and, um, but I do love you. You know, I love you, and I want, I want to spend time with you, and I want to. It's not that you're accepting their life. Sometimes you have to cut certain things off. I'm not saying that we grill out every weekend and we go everywhere together. What I'm saying is that, and this is what the man told me after knowing him for some time and like I literally started crying after I got off the phone with him because he's this it was the same thing that the 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 guy told Paul and this isn't a brag on me please don't I just want to show you where the church has missed it and what we have to do to fix it he said if all Christians were like you he said I would become one and I mean that while that's a bittersweet thing for somebody to say to you because you see, you know, there's not someone being a homosexual. There's, their sin is no different 
than someone in the church that hates them for that lifestyle. It's the same thing. It's across the board. There's no little sin, big sin. There's one sin that will send you to hell. One sin, and that's not accepting Jesus Christ. Our job is to believe on him who God sent. Now, you can live your life hell on earth, uh, but from what I can tell, there's only one sin that will send you to hell. You know, and so with that being said, you see, yeah, exactly. Even regarding the unpardonable sin in one spot, it doesn't necessarily say, in one spot it kind of, it, it does, but if you read the implications and everything, it's not a matter of can God forgive you. It's a mat. it says that it's impossible to make that person or bring that person again to repentance. So we're not talking about little little baby like sins. We're talking about a, a complete life choice. You're a spirit being. You have a soul, consists of your mind, will, and emotion that is attached to that spirit. You are a spirit, and you live inside of a physical body. And it's a choice. Yeah. You can feed garbage into your uh, soul after you're born again, and you're, sp- you're ruined for sin. Once you accept Jesus and you think you're going to live a lifestyle, so you're, you can't go back to that lifestyle and be ha- It's just like and be comfortable, not, not without just completely just override, 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 override. And, and you can sear your conscience, um, but, you know, God's still going to be reaching out to you, trying to get you to turn. And so what, what I, I, I have, and I'm not in any way, just like Paul, are you condoning sin? God forbid. No, not in any way, form, shape, or fashion. What I'm telling you is that you are more like Jesus than anybody else. That recreation in your spirit, that's what you are. That is you. That's what you are. And you still have this. I say it's like Larry, Co, Moe, and Curly. Moe got saved. You still got Larry up here and Curly running around. You know, you got to reel those guys in. Come on, guys. You get them back and get them in. You know, you get Larry and Mo together and you get them in agreement. Curly's just going to go along just for, you know, he's going to be drug along for the ride. Uh, that might not be the best example, but you get the point. Sometimes that's how it feels, I'll tell you that much. But uh, anyways, Peter and John, they were told you can't preach in the name of Jesus. And they went back and they said, you know, hey, do we obey God or do we... Do we obey man? Where are we at here? And that is where we are today in the world. I have realized, and I believe this was the Holy Spirit. I told Jane last night this is the first time I ever saw this. And uh, I lost my phone somewhere. Ah, there it is. See, it's revealed. Um, so what uh, I believe that the Lord said to me, last night is we've talked about people riding the fence and I believe the Lord said to me yesterday there's not a fence anymore you're either on this side or that side now you get to pick and if you're if you don't pick you will be defaulted to the side you don't want to be on and so it's going to take effort and it's going to take motivation it's going to take discipline and it's going to take tenacity and it's going to take people that'll stand up in the face of what's evil and say that's wrong not taking it, no, Mm-mm. I'm not doing it, and so, you know, this is what, uh, they went back, and it's, and if you go to Acts 4.29, it says, 
and, and when Peter and John, they went and they started to pray, they said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak the word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed as his own, but they all had things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any of them that lacked anything. And so that is where the Lord wants us to go to as a church, that we have one voice. Because I can tell you, you know, the world out there, God is setting this thing up. Just like, I mean, it's so, you look at what's going on from the political world to in the schools to everything across the board. It looks, it looks in the natural like we are losing the battle. But there's a remnant. There's a remnant in the earth. And, you know, when, when uh, Gideon, they, they came out, uh, you know, and they had, what, all those men, 20,000, 50,000? I don't even remember the number. And God said, uh, trim, the, trim the army down. You know, and he said, go find all the men that are afraid. Send them home. Y'all go home. If you're afraid, don't worry about it. We just go on. Going back, going back to the house, and yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, and he got it trimmed down to what ten thousand, and then the Lord's like, let's cut it down some more, and so he gave him some, and he got them down to where he had three hundred of them, three hundred against an innumerable army. You got to realize, I'm not the best mathematician. But if one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to flight, we can exponentially catch up with the devil very fast. And the devil ain't getting no new demon converts. He's stuck with the number that he's got, and we're not. And so what I'll tell you is it looks like we might be losing. It looks like, you know, Moses had his toes in the Red Sea. Feet wet, probably, with Pharaoh's army back here and the sea in front of them nowhere to go and of course you know God he's just sitting there filing his nails and uh, Moses says he goes Mo, hey why are you crying to me why I already told you what to do Take, tell the people to go forward and so he did and they did and he said these people behind us you'll never see them again and so the devil has been overrun by God more than once. The cross of Calvary was at the Red Sea, at the cross of Calvary. And if you think that he's not a showman, you wait till you see this last one. And you got a chance to be a part of it. But it's the remnant that's going to be able to lock in and be a part of it. And you have to be able to stand up and speak the word with no compromise in you at all. None. Zero. There ain't none of this. I understand the culture, and I'm going to tell a story, and I, I do this. Uh, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to really 
help me with this because there's so much involved with it um, that happened and uh, things are good now. But we had a similar situation a few years back where I've got I've got some I've got some a family member that's uh, not living for the Lord wasn't living for them then and uh, their their family and and uh, they had their kids taken away from them and when they had their kids taken away from them we took them we took them in because the first thing that happens is that when the authorities come you know they they look for the bloodline first and Five of, yeah, it wasn't just a little bit. We had eight children. They said eight is enough. There was eight and then us two. So uh, this was not a small uh, ordeal. And we were also told that you cannot use any form of physical discipline. And these children were raised in an environment where parents were absent from the beginning anyways. And so it was... It was as crazy as you can imagine it being. And so we had to really depend on the Holy Spirit to walk us through this situation. And uh, I want you to know that what I'm talking about is, I'm talk- whenever I get to this point, is it's about morality. It's about what Jesus said. It's about, there's a scripture, and I wrote this down. I'm just going to stop and jump over here because I want to share that. Uh, And it's in Joshua uh, 5.13. And it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, there there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or our adversaries? And he was answered, No. That was not a yes or no question. Uh, it was, but that's the answer he got. People ask me, are you a Democrat or a Republican? No. But for the word of God, as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? In other words, I'm on the word. I'm on the word. And, you know, when we're talking the environment that's out there, you got to go with what the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. But I, I am I, you know, I'm, I think you need to, you know, vote with the party that most aligns with what the scripture says, not what you think, not what anybody else thinks. And you say, well, what's the point of the vote? Let me tell you something. Your tithe provides protection for your family and your household. People say, oh, they, that church, they want 10%. No, I don't have to tithe. If you feel like you have to tithe, you need to stop. Just stop. Get back in the word because once you understand what it provides, you get to tithe. You get to give because of all, if you go and research all of the things that that provides for you and the protection for your children and your family, 10% and your 90% will go so much further than that 100%. So much further. Stuff starts breaking down and I mean, it's just, I'm not saying everything's perfect, but what I will tell you is that your 90% will go much further. And it doesn't make sense in your head. It's because it's by faith. Everything with God's like that. And, and if you aren't there with your faith, stay in the Word till you get there and then act on it. 
But I haven't forgot all these little thoughts I got out there. I know I'm kind of, I'm not trying to rabbit trail on y'all. But this, this guy says, he says, no. You know, so if you ask me, am I for this or for that or whatever, no. I'm, if the word agrees with it, that's where I'm at. And, you know, this guy, apparently, he, showed, he had a sword in his hand. So just going up to him and not knowing, hey, which side are you on? Well, let me tell you, you know, if you, <laughs> you know, so um, <laughs> uh, what, what I want to say is that uh, he had a plan and they acted on a plan that made no sense, right? And it worked because they stayed on the word. And so what we did in this situation, and I don't know how, I'm just going to, since I'm already out there, I might as well not keep you guessing and I'm just this is a testimony for the Lord this is not something that we chose and so I said all that to let you know I'm not bashing on a homosexual lifestyle I'm not you know it's not that it's we are on the word of God that doesn't agree with the word of God so I have to kind of stay on the word and stay on the word there's not a middle ground we have to have people that will stand up for the word of God and speak the word of God regardless and so we had uh what had happened is we had signed an, a mediation agreement and these children what we told them was when we took these kids we said we do not want to adopt okay day one day one that is not our intent what is more important to us though is that the only thing we're asking these children land in a Christian environment home. And we will keep them however long we need to keep them. Okay? Okay, great. Yeah. And so they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we signed a mediation agreement and everything. And so on a, on a Thursday was, uh, the C, she called me, the CPS agent called me. And so, and she said, um, well, we think, you know, we had, we had found out that the Bible says the Lord will reveal what's said in the secret chambers of the enemy. And we had found out in a very strange way that they didn't have any intent of going through with what they had promised us and that they were working on other means. And we found out that two of was two of them was going to be in another part of the state, and uh, they were going with a lesbian couple, and they were going to be there. And this is my nieces and nephews. And so the language that I'm going to I'm going to tell you exactly what I said to her. I want you to understand and take it in the context that it's being said, not that I am. Uh, you know, I believe there's two races on this earth. There's non-born-again people, and there's born-again people. And if you're not born again, you need to be born again. And if you're born again, you need to be helping the non-born-again people get saved, regardless of whatever culture, color, ethnicity, whatever. We are all in this together, and we need to be helping and using our influence to help others to come into the kingdom. And so take the word discriminate in the context that I use it. Don't go off and 
think I'm saying something I'm not saying. Take the whole context. The CPS agent called me after finding out that my, well, they were going to be, two of them were going to be sent, and the family split, going down, living with a lesbian couple, and then we had another one. Yeah, yeah, and so it, they were spread out. And so I, I talked to her on the phone, and I said, well, we started, we had sent, long story, but I can't get into all the details right now, but she called me and and I said, from my understanding, uh, after we signed that agreement, you guys are um, planning on not holding up to the agreement and sending my nieces and nephews to a, another part of the state where we wouldn't see them. And these people are against, that. It's, their lifestyle is against the values that we hold. And she said, well, Andy... We can't discriminate. And I'll tell you, at that moment in my life, there was something that came from up out of here, and it just boiled. And I literally, like I've heard of people feeling like they were like demon-possessed, but this was, I felt like I was 100% Holy Ghost possessed because my mouth started moving and I was listening to what was coming out of it going wow you know but what came out yeah what came out was God putting his because you got to realize we have the authority in this earth we have the authority people that are sitting around waiting for God to do something for them it's already done you have to get a hold of the word and you notice that there's not a lot of stuff. You'd never know the devil was here if it wasn't for people, you know, speaking words. and be, You have to yield to things to get things. We have the authority, and God said, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. And then you see another place where it says the Lord owns everything. So what does that mean? How can they both be right? He has leased the earth. It's like a lease. If you understand, he's leased the land to you. You have the authority for a season, and you employ the word. But what came up out of me, the lady goes, well, we, don't, we can't discriminate because the culture, you know, whatever. And I said, let me tell you something. I can discriminate, and I do discriminate, and I will discriminate this. What I will tell you is the word of God says that it's better a millstone is hung around your neck and you're cast into the sea and drowned than to offend one of these little ones. And if you want to fight, lady, I'm going to fight you to the death. We are, I'm not talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. And I said, you, I will do everything until I draw the last breath in my body, but this will not take place, and I hope you understand what I'm telling you. And I said, and if you want to fight in court or whatever, you got it. And so this is a government agency, man. And like, and then I thought, you know, the next thought goes, well, okay, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to, you know? And so my, I'm like, thanks, God. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, now what are we going to do about it? Well, and so they put us in a place where, like, yeah, yeah, but it, it, but I could tell you, I was just like, oh, my God, man. And um, 
later that I was driving down the road and I'd been using my faith and using my faith and using my faith to stand, stand. Haven't done all the stand, stand, therefore, stand, you know, and all this. And all I could tell you is like a quarter getting dropped in a slot. And it hit right there and a belly laugh. And I'm not talking, it just came up out of me. And I was looking at the same situation I was looking at 10 seconds ago. And it was, it was the faith of God. That was the gift of faith. Not just my faith that I live by from day to day, but God's faith. And it was absolutely ridiculous to me to think that they could win in any way. I was like, it's just absolutely ridiculous to even think that. I don't. And, and but did, how did I? Well, okay. And I went home and told her, and she's looking at me like, you have lost your mind, you know, <laughs> because it happened to me. It didn't happen to her, you know. And so, I mean, she was, we were standing and everything, but this experience. And so, they pretty much, they, on a Friday at 5.30, they shut us down, and they told us that no one can have access to these. Court was at 8 a.m. on Monday, and they fixed it to where we couldn't get to the kids, and if we did try to approach them, it would be, you know, or, or, or the other people, that they would be breaking the law. And so I was just praying in the Spirit, man, and... On a Saturday, my phone rang, and it was an attorney. And she goes, are you Andy Adcock? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she goes, well, I am an attorney, and I used to work for CPS and do the job that the lady that you're dealing with, I, was, I had her job, and the reason I quit that job is because of things like what I've heard. And I've heard what they're trying to do to your family. And if you would take me on as a, an attorney, I will do it 100% free of charge. And I said, and they thought we were coming to court, no attorney. We came with two. And they came with the lady that spoke to me, her supervisor, and then the regional supervisor. And... There was only one person, they said there was one person in the state that was above her. And they put them on the stand, and this went on for about three or four hours. Both of those women were in tears before it was over. And that judge, he said, I don't want to ever hear of this case coming through this again. I better not hear of it. There better not be any backlash. And I'm telling you, if there is... We're going to be having a different talk, and this is over. You're trying to break a mediation agreement. And they said it's a good faith agreement. Don't ever come back to this court with this again. We put forth the word. That came out of my spirit being, spoken into this atmosphere with the power attached to it. How do you get these type of things to happen zero compromise zero compromise none god has not changed a single solitary bit what was moral 2000 years ago moral today we love the people 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The devil is terrified right now. This whole thing is about to crumble beneath his feet. And we are going to emerge victorious. And the remnant is going to be the ones, the ones that will stand and walk it out. You are going to reap an eternal reward that beyond it says that our the what the suffering the only sufferings we do for Jesus is you it's not sickness disease and all that garbage and stuff that's the devil he comes to kill steal and destroy you have to resist that our sufferings are we deal with spirits behind that are motivating people in the wrong direction that try to make your life hard, try to make your life whatever. A child is a child, and they're not a cat. They're not a dog. If you don't know what sex you are, look down. There's two, and that's it. Chromosomes the same. I got two degrees in science. DNA stays the same. You can say what you want, think what you want, whatever. When you stand before the man, you're going to be one of those two. There ain't going to be none of this, I think I'm a something whatever today, you know. You're, I'm a male, and I'm always going to be a male. And so, right's right, wrong's wrong, period. End of story. Now, let's go to church. <laughs> yeah, man. I love you, man. No, I don't know that. That's just, that's the Lord in me. If it's anything, it's the Lord, man. I just want to serve God, man. It's like what we're doing, and like me coming and standing here, I'm just telling you about part of my life. Yeah, yeah, we love, we love the people, we need them. Yeah, that's right. 